Hey folks, it's Dr. Sam and I want to welcome you to another iClarity podcast. You know, we have a very special guest today. His name is Joshua Townsend and he's been involved in theater, film, and the entertainment industry for over 25 years as a writer, actor, producer, and director. He is trained with many luminaries of the international theater scene. He also has blended his worlds of theater and improvisation training along with his studies in the yogic and shamanic traditions. And he's been a friend of mine for a long time. We do similar things in that we help people expand their vision. He's coming at it from a more creative uh, point of view, working with actors, writers, uh, and performers. So we're going to have a conversation, and uh, I got to tell you, it was really fun to do it. Very interesting. Uh, we spoke for about an hour, so uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy. It's fabulous. So why don't we begin by having you tell us a little bit about yourself so people have a context um, in my community um, people are very curious about what you do and maybe our connection so um, if you want to share a little bit that would be awesome okay we're okay, we're, we're getting it tuned up here so yeah so involved in, in the creative arts, creative arts. I think if you turned off your uh, laptop sound, yeah, there we go. No more echo. Perfect. Um, yeah, uh, I've been involved in the creative arts my whole adult life uh, through the world of uh, acting, writing, directing, producing, um, almost in all mediums, um, you know, be it stage, uh, TV shows, feature films, etc. at some aspect of it. Uh, but I've also been involved heavily in the creative process. So um, and what I mean by that is being involved in the creative process is actually like like, what is it really that makes it a creative process as opposed to just like being a journeyman or someone who's a technician? Um, and then I took that work and I, I coupled it with my work with um, the esoteric world, which is like yoga, alchemy, uh, plants, shamanic work, curanderos, um, alternative health and healing work. And then I, I braided them together. Uh, into a seamless situation where the work that um, we do is part of the transformational process. And then it's getting more and more articulated since I've been doing with my friend uh, Adam Lesser. We've been doing a podcast for about two and a half years called Notes on Your Notes. So that's a really brief overview of my, um, my background. Um, I also worked with a lot of very, very interesting people in, in, the, in the arts, you know, high practitioners, Okay. Uh, at a very certain level. You could say esoteric, but you could also say um, at the leading edge, at the leading uh -huh. edge of their time. So, yeah, so yeah. That's, that's, that's the background, doctor. Okay. So we, we were kind of exploring this uh, relationship between vision and creativity. Mm -hmm. And just um, as a jump, jumping off point, um, you know, there's a difference between the eyesight 
and vision, eyesight is seeing something uh, acutely or clearly, but it's a static experience where vision is very dynamic. It's ever changing and uh, uh, creativity is a big part of that. What is your, what is your take on creativity and vision? What, you know, because you work with vision, you know, like in storytelling with character development, um, with artists and, you know, looking at their vision and mm -hmm. are they too detailed? Are they too global? You know, the micro vision, the macro vision. I love what you just said. I, 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 you know, you're look, I'm looking at their vision, and and uh, I, I love that because guess what you do? You look at people's thing. visions. <laughs> I never saw that before. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's a really um, insightful question. Um, let me tune into that. Yes. You're right. That's a, that's a lot of the work I do, which is tuning into the person's vision and uh, the vision of their creative project. And that creative project could be their personal development. It could be the artistic development. It could be the actual project that they're working on. And one of the areas that I have an ability to uh, assess and work with is to know the difference between the artist and the project. Mm -hmm. Because there is a there is a, a balance point in there you can't affect one without affecting the other. And then in, in terms of a developmental point of view, you want to be able to articulate which, which mm -hmm. aspect needs to, to be developed first or sequentially mm -hmm. or simultaneously. Or mm -hmm. Does that, does that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's really great. Which brings me to the next question. Uh, how do you know what to tune into first? Uh, where, you know, is that just an intuitive thing that you do? I know you're very intuitive. That's a part of vision as well. Um, how do you dis distill that? <laughs> I love how just like one after the other. Great question. Great question. Great question. Um, how? That's great. Um, well, it's definitely uh, it's definitely not one size fits all for sure. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's definitely something that's based on what's in front of me, and mm -hmm. uh, I feel like I'm I feel like I'm in some ways I'm talking to someone who does the exact same thing, because yeah. you you have to do the same thing too. You have to assess like what's what's really going on. Is it is it environmental? Is it um, inward? Is it is it like a cloak that I'm wearing, or is it something that's that's something that's seated from the inside out mm -hmm. uh, and, and how can I access that? Um, it's a, it's an, it's a never ending dance between those two. So it just depends upon what stage I'm in and what stage they're in. Well, you bring up a, an interesting point about inward because um, in my work, uh, people really are disconnected to their inner, their inner vision. And I know I've, I've seen you and heard you work with people that say, well, go inside, you know, connect inside. You've said that to me, you know, when I started doing my videos, well, you know, what's the state inside of yourself? If you can stay connected to that while you're, you know, listing all this research, mm -hmm. uh, you're going to stay connected to people. Whereas if you aren't connected internally, 
people are going to know that. Yeah. And uh, uh, so where where are people at in the creative? Are they are they more connected internally or do you help them connect more internally? And then if you do that, how does that shift their work? Yeah. Their expression. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're just like cutting to the heart of it, aren't you? Again. Um, so my, my noticing is, is that most people are hardwired one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And, and most people, most artists that I work with, um, are going to lean towards either being really connected to self. Mm-hmm. And if that's true, then they're going to work very internally. They're going to be uh, uh, sort of a little withdrawn in, in a certain sense because they're so in touch mm-hmm. with their feelings. They're not necessarily getting out. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're more sensitive and more uh, self-aware. All those things are great. And then the converse, the, the downside is that their expression may be a little low. They may not have technical skills, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Then on the other side of it, mm-hmm. people can be like really tapped into like expressing and being out there and sharing lots of, of, of physicality, but it's not connected to their source. So mm-hmm. their tendency is to be a little shallow, uh, mm-hmm. not very introspective, uh, mm-hmm. the depth uh, 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 or the indicate, all those things. Um, and, and I actually, uh, in terms of my development, I, I come from the second, the, the second half. Mm-hmm. Description, mm-hmm. yeah, and and also most people you know don't know, but I, I you know I'm I'm probably one of the most introverted people you'll ever meet, mm-hmm. but because of the work I do, um, <laughs> that shifted. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, this is another cross point because, uh, I, again, in in my work, and you could speak to yours, is it's for me, it's helping people match their inner vision to their outer seeing which gives them a level of authenticity that um, allows them to, you know, really move forward in their healing and, and so on. How do you, uh, you know, how do you experience the inner and the outer and, and the creative process? So a large part of what I do in terms of the development of a script or, or a story or even a character is um, tracking the the emotional life of the character. Mm. And so a lot of times what happens is we artists have an overlay of what that emotional life should or could be without actually Mm -hmm. going through the experience, Mm -hmm. walking in the shoes Mm -hmm. of, seeing the world through the eyes of. Oh, how interesting, I went through Mm. the third eye there, you know, just pulling it out. we need to like move through that and intuit it to some degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And then that's the, um, that's the inner life. Right. And then there's the external life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One, one question I, I've always been curious about is um, I know a few of the artists who you've helped and there's sometimes you're more of a director. You put that hat on. Sometimes you, I, I wouldn't say editor, but in their writing, you mm-hmm. tune into what they're writing and you, you see patterns or uh, whatever. Um, yeah, t- tell me what hats you wear when you're, you're working with a creative, you know, actor, writer, performer. Um, mm-hmm. 
it's got to be really interesting to kind of plug into what do they need? It, it really is. And that's, again, where you do moment by moment, intuition, mm-hmm. trusting my instincts, all those things. Um, one of the things that I find really interesting is that the work I do, all the work I do, is based on the natural, mm-hmm. natural world. Ah. And so what that means is... Same, same, yeah. Yeah, in terms of mm-hmm. translation for what you just asked, is that... And these are overarching ones. These are the overarching uh, mm-hmm. themes is that sometimes we're like in the very beginning of something, we're in spring. So in spring, you know, we're planting, we're watering, you know, we're doing all those nurturing things. And in late spring, you know, it's really growing wild and it's really coming alive. And then if it's like, you know, at one point we start testing it saying, is it ready to be harvested? Are we ready to to pick the fruits of our labor, you know, to take it to market, you know, and then take it to market and see how it goes. And then after you take it to market, be it that an audition or be that a first draft or be that uh, a release of a, of a feature film, then you go through the fall and you sort of like integrate, like the, a lot of work you do, integrate what you just did mm-hmm. and then rest mm-hmm. the winter. And then you start the cycle mm-hmm. up again. So mm-hmm. it sounds really pretty the way I just described it, <laughs> but it's not mm-hmm. always that pretty because, you know, it gets a little, sure. there's friction in that, in that work. But um, but yeah, that's 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 the cycle, though. Mm-hmm. Sure. So to, to, use, well, to use another analogy, here, go ahead. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. To use another analogy, it's like putting clay on the table when you're a, when you're a potter. Ah. First, you have to put clay on the mm-hmm. table. You don't have clay, and mm-hmm. then you have to have more clay than you need, right? And then slowly mm-hmm. you start mm-hmm. sculpting, sculpting, shaping. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, one of the the things that I've experienced when I've taken um, your class, and again, it, it parallels for me as well, you talk about time, is that when you start doing things that are involved, you know, making sound or movement, um, for me, what I experience is an expansion of the time space. And so I get to really slow down and there's a whole other level of receptivity that starts to emerge that really surprises me. And it puts me into a state of discovery that, uh, I mean, a lot of times it's just really surprising. And yet that's where the magic happens. And um, I've experienced you doing this in your class and I'm wondering if you're doing it for that reason or, or is it just to release stress or get people out of your, get people out of their, you know, their monkey, monkey mind. Uh, Talk about that, your, your process. Well, you know, it has to do with, has to do with expression. And so Mm -hmm. when we move into authentic Mm -hmm. expression, there's a lightness a freedom, uh, an expansion Mm -hmm. that you just talked Mm -hmm. about. And it's and if if we're around people that are like that, we usually enjoy that. We like people that are expressive, uh-huh. as long as there's, it's you know there's a nice listening as well, right? It's reciprocal. Sure. Um, and then in art, and I don't care what art form you're in, if you go to a, a concert, if you go see a play or a movie or a dance, one of the hallmarks of an excellent piece of entertainment or art that you're going to see is that you go outside of time and space 
Mm-hmm. Like you come out of the movie theater, like, oh my god, it's over already! Oh my gosh, that opera yeah. is amazing! It's already, it's already the end of Act One. Oh wow, where are the time? Yeah. Outside of time and space. Yeah. When you're when you're with family and friends and you're really connecting in, in the conversation or whatever it is is like you're like wow that was two hours that was it felt like two minutes so what I'm discovering is is that when I'm in expression or when the group is in expression and when when I start going into a flow state right then everything starts to be smooth and without resistance and if I get a little esoteric here, there's less gravitation, there's more levity, uh-huh. and gravitation is about time and a certain uh-huh. amount of downward pressure. So when I move away from that, uh-huh. then I'm going to experience that, that other side. Isn't that interesting? Uh-huh. <clears throat> yeah, I totally get that. <clears throat> and um, I think that... Uh, <laughs> What I what I help people do in the, the eye therapy is actually start them to be aware of the match of time and space, and uh, because in when I when I'm analyzing somebody's vision, a lot of times there's such a disconnect or a mismatch in time and space, and it's not that it has to be perfect or it has to line up. It's more that they're in a process that they have a self-awareness of what their time space is and just as an example if you're nearsighted so you have a lot of detail almost too much detail you compress time and space and therefore you compress yourself and you project that compression onto everything that you're doing so as you start to relax the time space uh then you can receive more. Uh, you have more f- possibility of flow. It's very difficult to get into flow when you're tunneling. So as you expand open, there is a um, an awareness of, oh, this catches my eye. It's like that saying, oh, it caught my eye. Well, what's the it? Well, if we get esoteric, it's light. Light caught my eye, so I, I move here. And then I have an impulse over here and you know i wonder how that plays in to somebody's creative expression as as they start to connect more deeply to their impulses instead of suppressing them or coming from their history their wound their trauma which keeps them locked in a box and they're not able to open their perception yeah i would say that you really hit it when you said the word compression because within mm-hmm. the word c- compression is the word press, right? which is to tighten, which is to make less space. Less space. Less space yeah. What we, mm-hmm. yeah. What we want to do is we want to create a, a, a thing of spaciousness. And within spaciousness, mm-hmm. you're going to have less gravitational pull, which is, again, a pressure, a downward mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. all these things start to um, overlap and, and support each other in terms of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, mm-hmm. and the vision, the vision, you know, the third eye, uh, the pituitary, the, you know, let, let thy eye pineal. be single. Yeah. Yeah, the pineal gland, yeah, sorry, the pineal gland, um, is, is above the, the two physical eyes. Mm-hmm. And so if I can tap into that inner vision and hold it 
and suspend mm -hmm. it. Suspending is probably a better word. Suspend it, work with mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And I have a better mm -hmm. chance of, of achieving it because we have a tendency, and you speak to this a lot. In my work, I work with mental and physical relaxation, how important it is to mm -hmm. relax the eyes, but mm -hmm. you do it in mm -hmm. a different way. But mm -hmm. if I hold on too tight, then you, you, I, I, there's no movement and it, and it yeah. becomes stuck. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. You know, in the somatic world, uh, I've heard some somatic practitioners say 60 to 80 percent of body tension is carried in the eyes. And, um, you know, we get into this hypervigilant state a fear state and uh, we lock down our our eyes and vision. But when we start to include our body in the equation of seeing that we're we're not just using this portal uh, as the only option, but our body might have eyes on it as well. Our skin, our you know, our sensation, our pans, yeah, our palms, yeah. I mean, the whole we could, yeah, our feet, our yeah, everything. So, um, and again, I have observed that your very whole body. Uh, whether that's from partly your, you know, your yoga practice or uh, <laughs> sound baths <laughs> that we have done. Uh, but it, it becomes a very whole body sensual experience, which creates more affect. It creates more uh, expression, as, as you say. And, um, you know, think about people that go to art school or music school, how does that affect them? How does that affect, uh, what do you have to do for them to, to kind of deprogram them from that very intense training? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, yeah, you're talking, you're talking the big game. That's the big game. Yeah. It's the long game. Um, the long game is, you know, we culturally speaking, get introduced to the arts through school. And as soon as you do that, you get graded. And as soon as you have that, you have a pressure. Mm -hmm. and, and the idea in art is to go outside of this thing of right and wrong, good and bad, or, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. that, that famous poem, yeah. and meet me there in that field, uh, and to be more process-orientated than, you know, result-orientated. I, I, as I'm saying that, I'm realizing, wouldn't it be cool if, 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 if uh, schools can give you, like, an A in process? <laughs> oh, I, I flunked. I flunked process. Why is that? Because I was so result driven to get the A. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. Yes. Oh my. Yeah. Well, that that's a game changer right there yeah. to uh, to get to get an A in process. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, trust the process and get the A in the process. The oh, a. you got the A for just showing up. Oh wow, that's that's over. Yeah. Now what? Now we're right. I got yeah, what, the, I often will say that to people when they come in to do a session. I'll say, "Well, you got the A for showing up," and they'll go, "Wow, that what are we going to do for the other fifty-nine minutes and thirty seconds?" Right? And um, and yeah, we're we're all so. Uh, I'm going to speak for me. It's one of the things I had to deconstruct is the results-driven that I had growing up, my parents, school, the, the, whole, the whole thing. And, um, you know, it was so funny. I was thinking about this today. 
So when I was in my optometry school, I be I got on the admissions committee. And so I was one of those people that could choose the students. So I was always the, the person on the committee that was choosing the more the artist. The, oh, he has liberal arts. He would be a great doctor. <laughs> and I always got shot down. Oh, you know, this person took Greek classics. I took that in college. I, I love that. Uh, no, it's got to be 100% science. And, I, you know, I, I, I would be that one <laughs> vote. Uh, but that's what makes you well-rounded to be able to, you know, study those things in a way where you're, you know, all, more of your brain gets engaged. I, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it develops you in a different way. It's so it's so true. Um, it, you know, the Academy Awards, uh, the people who give out Academy mm. it's in, in their title is the arts and sciences. Uh -huh. <laughs> because, because you have technology, right? You have film, yeah. cameras and sound and all this stuff. Yeah. And then you also have the artist, the writer, the director. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's it's a total merging. And, and I have to say that it also mirrors life. Yeah. You know, because all of life is about creative expression, but then at the same time, you still have to take care of, you know, food and housing and clothing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, those kind of things. Fetch wood, carry water. Um, so I wanted to ask you in your equation, which is a very nonlinear approach to uh, developing creativity is improv how do you feel about improv you know what's your what's your take on improv in the process yeah it's an integral part uh it's an integral part much like this conversation mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> um yeah and uh you know um even within this thing within this thing of of life, you could say, well, all of life is an improv, right? You could say mm -hmm. that. Yeah, you could say that. Mm -hmm. Except, except, if the character has, has if the character, meaning the person, has, has this much range of, of self-expression, mm -hmm. then they, they actually don't have access to responding any way at any time. They, they, their range of script and, and interaction mm -hmm. is like this. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of it's run by format. We just have like uh -huh. a sequence or a form. And then I go to the post office or I go to the bank. Hi, how are you? Uh -huh. Like there's a certain uh -huh. format and no one ever breaks the linear line. Uh -huh. What I call uh -huh. the linear line. And then sometimes what I do is, is I purposely go in and I break the linear line uh -huh. and it snaps that other person like, like, like back into like here now. And if I don't do it, then I, it's just, I'm just, you know, customer 123 that day. Right. Mm -hmm. So improvisation in, in its, in its, in its essence, in its truth, not, not comedy improv where you memorize funny lines, ah, you know, that mm -hmm. pressure of being, you know, funny, mm -hmm. but um, in terms of really uh, being present mm -hmm. and responding authentically, it's, it's imperative. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what, what kinds of improv have you done personally in your development? So I'm walking down the street a couple of days ago 
and we're in the middle of coronavirus 19 or 20 or 24 yeah. or whatever it is whatever it is this yeah. year yeah. whatever the fear du jour is yeah and um i'm walking down the street and and the other person's walking towards me and she she goes out and around mm -hmm. like that mm -hmm. and from a here now perspective i understand it Mm -hmm. But from a somatic perspective, that's rejection. Sure. That's hurt. That doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. Right? So, but that's behavior that's being adopted because of a, of a new cultural norm. Mm -hmm. The funny part is, and this is what you asked me, is the funny part is that's the work that I teach. Mm. I teach about being aware of being aware of your spatial relationship and how that uh, changes or alters the relationship. I see. Most yeah. of us go through life in general being unconscious of how our, of how our spatial relationship between myself and another, myself and an object, mm. myself in a place, mm. is affecting, mm. impacting me and the relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So wow. what that looks like is, is if I'm standing in line at the market again, Mm -hmm. uh, and I stand too close. This is before Corona. Yeah. And I yeah. stand too close to the person in front of me. They feel it. And it's not comfortable. And then I back away and then they relax. And how do I feel in relationship to that encroachment of space? So that's a little, that's more like somatic body works and sensory. Mm -hmm. But that's, that's mm -hmm. a good example of what I mean by improv. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a few years ago, um, when I started developing my digital brand, we could talk about that because um, we're both kind of doing that, is that I would go on, I, I, there was this video I did, it was around the solar eclipse. And <laughs> it was so funny. I was in this red shirt and uh, it was just this bizarre shirt that I had on. It was like burgundy. And I had this friend of mine, actually, who used to be in the film industry in L.A., and she'd moved to Santa Fe. So she was filming me, and I was so monotone. Uh, my no expression, no nothing. And it was, it was about protecting your eyes against the eclipse. And nobody knew what the heck I was talking about. So I looked at this, and you might have even given me some feedback, like, wow, you know. <laughs> So I, I decided I needed to get more affect going. So I got into a um, a singing improv group, which wow. is really wild because basically you're going there and you have to do a song and it could be gibberish. It could be, it was like two hours and it was all improv. And then I did some acting improv, which was really fun, but really hard. Um, and so I got, you know, more comfortable with that. And then I did creative writing improv. And now I have a teacher where I'm doing piano improv. And I, I've studied classical jazz piano for many, many years. And uh, so this is about dropping all that and bringing poetry into it, whatever. Anyways, I have noticed that my, my video presence has improved quite a bit. And it's one of the reasons why I have drawn more people to my community in in the digital branding and i really um thank the improv for helping loosen me up from here 
to at least have more play and not rely on PowerPoint slides, you know, or, or that kind of thing. So, um, and you're part of that too. I want to thank you for encouraging me to do that. Uh, I think everybody should do it really because we're all so in a, you know, a conditioned response and, um, yeah. So, yeah. So people are, are responding to you because, because more of you is showing up. Mm -hmm. Now one could say, well, I haven't changed and I'm going to say, yeah, you're absolutely right. But mm -hmm. the, 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 the aperture of the, yeah. of, of you that can come through has altered. Yes. Yes. So it's not, so it's it's kind of like a weird dance because it's not that there's more of you, but you're allowing mm -hmm. more to be I'm seen. allowing more, yeah. And and people have said that to me. It's like, oh, you know, can you do even more, even more, even more? And sure. at, at some level, um, maybe we're all being asked to, to do that um, at whatever expression, you know, we're, we're meant to, to do um, and uh, get out of the the compression state and you know you bring up that point about this social distancing and what it's doing to our body soma and um you know it's it's an interesting place we are in our evolution that it's come to this um because it is i think having in my opinion a negative effect on our somatic awareness and spatial relationships that could turn us into this and uh, so I think we need to be uh, aware of that and what what's going on in the culture right now, because um, I, I just know that in the classes I've been in, in movement and dance and contact improv and those kinds of things, those are so rich and fertile and inspiring. Uh, so... Yeah. So anyway, I, I see one of your followers says that she uh, she knew you had to be a musician. See? see? Oh, that's interesting. More views coming through, and you're like, whoa! <laughs> you're being it's on the. Out. It's a Susan. Go to my TikTok because I actually do some <laughs> piano there. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so anytime, anytime you're put into a situation or a culture or a group of people put into a situation where there's a high external form. Mm-hmm. We, sh we lose a sense of spatial relationship and we lose this yeah. and we lose our sensitivity. Sure. So, like when you're in gym class and you're like, okay, arms out, touch each other's things. And yeah. you know, that's your distance and don't keep, keep two feet in front of you at all times. Mm -hmm. And well, mm -hmm. a part of me can shut down now because I don't, yeah. Yeah. I, I no longer, and see, and I'm, I know I'm going to be a little, non-politically go for it balanced. you know my community is so liberal left-wing that you, you you can say whatever you want because they're yeah. they're gonna go wow this is cool so so as soon as you put rules on dating mm -hmm. you've 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 <laughs> lost yeah <laughs> yeah because yeah. you know it's like for a while like about a year ago everyone was saying oh you have to have consent oh you have to do this and you have to do that right and I'm, not, and, I, and I'm not saying no to that. I'm just saying when that's yeah. the only arbitrator, you yeah. get to a point where you say, here, please sign here, initial here, and date here yeah. before I sure. kiss you. And so right. it's like, well, where's the sensitivity? Where's the awareness? Yes, yes, yes. Because if two yes. people are truly present for each other, then you can feel it. 
Right. Whether the see, and here's the here's the beautiful part. Whether the person says yes or not, if I'm mm -hmm. really sensitive to myself and the other, I can tell mm -hmm. whether that yes is a true is maybe that yes is actually a no. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, that doesn't feel right. Even though you said yes, that doesn't feel right to me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say no for me. Mm -hmm. Because when it's when it's no for one, it's no for both. So this sure, is not sure. this is not gender specific. This is not oh male. Sure. Because right. what if a girl says yes and a guy says no? They're going against the you know the cultural norm. Sure. Is he being honored? I don't know. Good point. Good point. And it it kind of brings me to a place where I've been wanting to ask this question. If a, if an artist comes to you, um, what, is there a way that you have to kind of, or how do you evaluate where they are in that context? Because they're probably doing it to themselves you know, if we kind of go masculine, feminine, or outer, inner, or, you know, it's not a duality, but it just seems like we split ourselves. Is it, how do you read that in people? Is it, you know, you, do you watch them perform? Are you reading something they wrote? You know, because it's showing up all over, I'm sure. Yeah, you're right. It's showing up all over. It's all those things you said. It's, um, if someone reads me material, I get a sense of that. If, uh, most of the time, uh, what shows up in like one paragraph will show up in, in, mm, yeah. in pages because yeah. it's going to be a repetition of a, of a similar note. Um, mm -hmm. and then in just in terms of the, you know, the, the little, the, what seems to be like innocent chit chat, you know, mm -hmm. a little dialogue, mm -hmm. a little conversation, so much mm -hmm. is revealed. If, if yeah. one is, is, I teach a whole, a whole weekend workshop on listening. And, huh. I call, and I call it full body listening. And most uh -huh. people, most people don't listen. And if they do listen, they're mm -hmm. just waiting so they can respond. Right. <laughs> and then, you know, but I'm saying like, why not have the whole body listen? Mm -hmm. So then you can take in that much more. See, as an artist, here's the thing. The thing is, if, if I take in this much, if I take in this much bandwidth, mm -hmm. then mm -hmm. that is the amount of bandwidth I can utilize for my art. But if mm -hmm. I take in this much bandwidth, you know, I'm, I'm doing mm -hmm. like my arm stretched out, mm -hmm. and I can take in that much bandwidth to mm -hmm. inform my art. Mm -hmm. So why not? Yeah, that's a great point. <clears throat> um, and I, you know, I, I experience you as um, pretty attuned. And I wonder. Um, you know, I know you're pretty dedicated with your lifestyle and what you eat and all that. And tell me about how that influences your work, your lifestyle, your spiritual practice. Um, I, that, that must come in and inform yourself and others. How do you use that? Well, um, I mean, yeah, I, I appreciate you bringing that in. Uh, it is, and it is a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not something that um, I negotiate. Mm -hmm. It's not something that I feel like I have to do. I feel like I get to do this. Yeah, right. It's, it's not. It's not a, a pain. It's like I in, I love doing this. I enjoy. Makes me feel more alive. And yeah, so I get that. Yeah. So it's an extension of of 
for it. It is who I am in, in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the things I, I work with for myself. And I, 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 I wish that for other people is, mm-hmm. is that the integration between their life and their art, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, they come together. Yeah, because if, if mm-hmm. I can if I can help that, I feel like that's a more holistic approach to being an artist as opposed to someone who's an artist. It's like the rock star. The rock star, mm-hmm. the rock star, you know, for six hours a night when they're doing their rehearsal and their performance and, mm-hmm. and the thing, and then the drug party afterwards. But, you know, but they all have to go home. They all have to go to their hotel room and wake up in the morning. And then what do you do for those other 10 hours? Mm-hmm. So if I have an integrated life, with my art and my expression and who I am, then there's a chance or a higher chance for more, a more fulfilling life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what was the question again? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it was just really, uh, you know, your, your comment. Yeah. I, I guess what I would say is that, you know, you might come across say an artist that you're working with. Do you ever have that kind of conversation around, you know, your emotional health, your, you know, what you eat, do you, are you doing a spiritual practice, the traumas that you might have had in your life. You know, there is this thing where the more you walk your talk, uh, the more effective you are. And, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, partly that's, I mean, you know, my life is dedicated to this kind of work. And so whether I'm working with someone one-to-one or in a group mm-hmm. or, Mm-hmm. Or I don't even I don't even have a one to one for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. I'm still working on me, so it's like mm-hmm. all my work is like all my yeah. work is work in, in a sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, in relationship to that, I just had a conversation with someone that I'm working with, and I would say four things that we talked about that day all pointed to the same s- source. Mm-hmm. And at, uh, towards the end of our time together, I said, look, you mentioned this, 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 and this. If I follow that thread all the way, it comes to this. You need to start doing that on a daily basis. Mm. Yeah. It's like, I, I cannot not share that with you. Yeah. So, and it was a lifestyle thing. <clears throat> I'm like, mm-hmm. you, you have to. And if you don't want to do it this way, I suggested one way of working on it. I said, if you don't mm-hmm. want to do it that way, that's fine. But find mm-hmm. a way to work on it from its root. Mm-hmm. But that's a lot of the work you do too. You, you mm-hmm. tend to go to the root with people, not just the symptoms. Yes. Well, yeah. Uh, but that's not for everybody. And those that uh, want the symptom approach, it's there. And... Um, I think that, um, again, maybe part of our evolution, if I'm looking at it macro, is that perhaps more people are now willing to say, well, what's the cause? And again, if I bring it into health, you know, geez, if I improve my immune system by boosting my microbiome, hmm, maybe I won't get sick as much, but I'll have more energy, whatever, whatever, um, if I don't eat processed foods as much, if I, you know, that, that's it. In, in, in my work, it's so interesting that uh, when I start talking about nutrition, people are not making the connection um, with, their, with their eyes. You know, I, I gave a lecture a couple of years ago to a group of eye doctors, about 200 in the room. 
And I, I said to them, okay, how many people here take vitamins? Everybody raised their hand. How many people recommend them for their patients? Nobody raised their hand. No. Yeah, it was so funny. I was like, really? So you're taking them, but you don't recommend them. And then the other thing that was really interesting was, okay, if you've got this eye disease, there are ways that you can use acupuncture and naturopathic medicine to reverse it. Um, what, what do you folks, what's your thought on it? And they go, well, we learned in school is that we watch the disease. I said, well, would you like something a little more proactive? No, no. We, we were taught to just watch it. You know, watch it, watch it get worse. <laughs> so I was like, wow. <laughs> uh, so I tell a lot of those stories. Um, I, I always say that, um, you know, the disclaimer is uh, this is for education and entertainment purposes only. <laughs> and uh, it's not a substitute for going to your eye doctor because some of it is kind of entertaining. You know, if you think about it, but it's so crazy making because, you know, it's like, what? Uh, but, you know, that's the status quo is the status quo. And we could talk about this in status quo, closed systems versus open systems. So give me your perspective on that comparison. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's so easy. It's so easy in relationship to that because immediately I go back to nature. Okay. Nature, nature is based on an open system, and an mm -hmm. open system by nature is regenerative. It cannot mm -hmm. not be because it's an open mm -hmm. system. Mm -hmm. and so if you look at a river, if you look at a river, a river is part of an open system. So so many things influence it in mm -hmm. terms of self-regulating, in terms of cleansing, mm -hmm. in terms of mm -hmm. having micro cultures and micro societies in different places. That the river is different at the top of the river than it is at the bottom of the river. Sure. So it's an open system. It allows for so much. It can have interruptions and it'll regenerate itself. A closed mm -hmm. system would be like um, a closed system would be like a manufacturing plant. And that's that's designed to execute a certain thing. It's high, high repetition, high mm -hmm. productivity, very consistent. Mm -hmm. But all of those machines have to be replaced. I see. All of those people working those machines have to go home and rest mm -hmm. because there's no uh, there's no self regeneration process in that static assembly line, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's why when people work on TV shows or feature films or something of that in ilk, which is called the industry, right, mm -hmm. that they then need to take some time for themselves to redevelop or rehab rehabilitate themselves as an artist to yeah. get back in touch. Yeah. 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 So it's important. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, one of the, my sayings is the farther I can move from my status quo, the more regeneration I feel, the more creativity, the more aliveness. Um, and I actually look at the coronavirus as we're forced into an open system now. And the opportunity there is that, wow, we're going to be recreating something really amazing. Uh, but it's hard because closed systems are familiar. It's, you know, it's pretty it's, repetitive. It's, it's, it's predictable. It's not predictable. Yeah, it's, it's known. It's, it's 
four square. It's four square. It's a corner. Yeah. It's foundational. And, yeah. And I, I can't even imagine in your process when you're working with an artist to keep moving them into an open system. Uh, and then what emerges must be amazing. Well, part of that is keeping is keeping this, you know, keeping the vision. Like, mm-hmm. and if the other person doesn't have a vision, then sometimes mm-hmm. I'll offer up a vision for us to co-create together for a while, and then it needs to transfer to them so that they they're true to their vision. But mm-hmm. there needs to be a vision, and then the larger vision, so I know where I'm going. It orient it orients me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then at the same time, I also need to do what's in front of me mm-hmm. while connected to the larger vision. Yeah. So of course, it's a it's a multi it's a multi-functional process. Yeah, I can't even imagine. Sure, sure. So where where do you want to go with your creative teaching, and you know what's what's next for you, and where where are you? you going yeah right now i feel very connected to sharing this in this mm-hmm. way because the mm-hmm. more i share it the more i'm getting feedback from people saying that this is very foreign to them mm-hmm. and that tells me that the cultural imprint from grade school and forward is is still making its mark and we need mm-hmm. to undo that process you know, um, and then uh, some of it is also, I feel like on a larger scale is part of this evolutionary thing that we're moving to the Aquarian age mm-hmm. because the second chakra and the sixth chakra, the third eye and the second chakra, the, mm-hmm. the, uh, the sexual organs are connected. Mm-hmm. So if I don't have an activated third eye, mm-hmm. I don't have my, if I don't, if that's not working for me, then all my creativity is going to go through my uh. second chakra. I see. Mm. And while that certainly isn't a, isn't isn't a bad thing, but it's good to have choice. It's good to have to be able to express my express it and to realize a vision. It's also really uh-huh. good to express myself sexually and to have mm. and to have that fulfillment, be it children mm-hmm. or just an amazing an experience with a partner. Mm. Mm-hmm. So so what you're saying. Um, is that when people respond to you that this is foreign, um, kind of where are they then if, if they can't recognize this amazing opportunity? Well, some people are, are in this thing of like, okay, but was it good? Like mm. that thing of being graded. Mm. Mm. Uh, and it takes a while to, to, to loosen that re- uh, habituated response. Uh-huh. And I try to move people to starting to notice and then notice what you don't notice, which is an increase, increase of awareness in bringing back the fun and the discovery like what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. I, I would imagine that I can only imagine that when people start working with you and they start to regain their, ha here we go, when they start to regain their vision, that they start to have more fun with their eyes, with their vision. They can look out and they can see more. Mm-hmm. There's more available yeah. to play with. Well, it's yeah. the same thing in the artistic creative world. If I can yeah. drop that thing, the old habituated habit, I start becoming conscious of that which I was unconscious. I start to see the world in a different way, holding a different perspective. I start to have mm-hmm. more fun. It's regenerative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Do you think uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, they're able to uh, um, have more resource mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, I mean, sometimes this has happened a lot of times when people, when the veils are taken away, they'll divorce their partner. Oh. Uh, they will quit their job. They will move. Uh, they will take a trip. Uh, they might speak more truth to their family if there's a dysfunctional relationship. So watch out. Um, you know, <laughs> when, you, when you take those veils away, the level of expression, like you say, the second and the sixth chakra get activated. Um, it's a new, it's a new game. And, um, you know, so you gotta be ready for it. Cause it's, you know, I, I, there've been so many times where, um, I work with somebody and then six months later they say, you know, I'm separated from my, mm. my spouse, mm -hmm. you know, or my partner or whatever. I just, you know, I'm healing. I'm seeing that now with much more fresh eyes. And so, um, you know, I don't want to be in this anymore or I don't want to live here or I don't want to do this job. So it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's not for sissies. You've got to mm -hmm. recognize and <clears throat> go ahead. Yeah. So, so I, I have a question around that and I ask mm -hmm. them, everybody I talk to when I work on them, work with them on their creative projects, but we mm -hmm. can also ask it to ourselves, which is how much reality do you want to have in your life? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How much reality? That's a great question. Um, a question that I would add to that is, um, well, if you weren't this identity anymore, who would you be? You know, you're identified as a certain ah. type of whatever. Mm -hmm. But what if you weren't that anymore? Oh, my God. I don't know. I don't know if I could give that identity up. Um, and yet, how freeing is that to play with identities, masks, you know? Mm -hmm. I know you do that in your, yeah. in your work. Yeah. How powerful is that to change identities? Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and asking, what do you want to create? What yeah, do you, what do you want? What do you yeah. really want to create? Well, if I could create anything, I would. And yeah. really get, yeah. it, it's like, who am I? What do I want? These are, yeah. all, these are all the baselines. Yeah. And then we, sure. get, we get swept, we get distracted. We get distracted by media, by bills, by relationships. We start leaking our energy into areas that we have no business leaking our energy into, but it mm -hmm. dissipates our energy so we don't have to look at those core questions. Exactly. Uh-oh, uh-oh, we're running out of time, aren't we, Sam? Yeah, so it's, it's, you see, it's the time thing. We, Wait, uh, time and space, I feel the pressure, baby. <laughs> don't do that to me. So, we, so, we, we need a round two in the future. Yeah, we will, we will. So any last words in uh, 30 seconds? Enjoy life, eat out more often. Say hi to friends yeah. and yeah. and share, share and relax, share and relax. And I would say smile, play, have fun, and uh, hug people. <laughs> you know they say that. All right, my friend. Blessings, man. Talk to you later. Peace. All right, take care. Ciao. Thanks. You're listening to a podcast with Dr. Sam Byrne. 
To learn more about his seminars and workshops, visit his website, www.drsamburn.com. The Byrne Method is a trademark signature of Dr. Sam Byrne for his workshops, seminars, books, and DVDs. The information presented in this podcast is in no way intended as a substitute for receiving professional medical care. The design and purpose for this podcast is to provide information for educational purposes only. Dr. Byrne and his guests have no liability or responsibility to any person or entity for loss, damage, injury caused, or allegedly caused through the information, exercises, suggestions, explorations, or written responses presented in this podcast. Dr. Byrne is not a medical authority and his guests are not qualified to diagnose or treat any disease or health problem. This podcast is not a substitute for medical care. Dr. Byrne's information is only his personal opinion. If you have any health problem, please seek medical care for whatever condition you may have.